And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, Nidaveller, basically anywhere that has the internet, really, we proudly present Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 220. We're the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin. That's me. My name is Tom Harris, and I'm coming at you from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. And I am totally sick of hearing about frickin' Star Wars. Holy moly. Oh, it's not that I don't like Star Wars, because I do. I, I've enjoyed the movies, even the prequels. I've even enjoyed uh, you know elements of the prequels. And I've always been a Star Wars fan since there's been a Star Wars, but... Ah, yeah, I know the hype. It's it's the, the the super hype machine now kicking into into full gear, and I know everyone's excited about it, but I just can't get myself as worked up. <laughs> just I, I do intend to go see the movie, but I'm certainly not going to go see it opening week because it's just crowded, full of people, and you know even even missing people in in costume because you know I don't care anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, that's really what's going on, and, and apparently that's all that's going on right now is uh, you know people talking about Star Wars. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Showing my age there. Anyhow, <laughs> we do uh, have an issue of Thor to cover. I don't really have a lot to talk about here at the top of the show, so let's just go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder, the God of thunder, mighty Thor. And this week we are looking at the mighty Thor, number 188, as a May 1971 cover date retailed for 15 cents. Cover art is by John Buscema, Joe Sinnott. Shows Thor, and he's got his hammer drawn back in his hand. He looks like he's going to smash Odin, who's standing on top of this big green rock. And the cover blurb says, At last, the most eagerly awaited issue in magazine history. Which, um, okay. And they have this big green rock that Odin is standing on. And it says, The End of Infinity. And Odin is standing on top of the rock and he's being surrounded by this weird Kirby crackle that looks kind of like him. Interesting. So we'll find out what that is inside. And at the base of this big green rock, we have two very Kirby-ish looking characters at the bottom. We have Carnilla the Norn Queen and Loki. And they are apparently are playing tug of war using Loki's helmet. So... That's what we have, and we open up to the splash page, where, of course, we have the credits. Stan Lee and John Buscema produced this issue, so I see now he's given Buscema some, some billing like he did with Kirby. Jim Mooney was the inker on this. Sam Rosen was the letterer. The story is called The End of Infinity, and we have a, a scene here opening up where we have Carnilla and Loki and Thor and Sif and Balder and the Warriors 3, and they are standing in Odin's throne room watching Odin on this big cosmic voyeuroscope thingy. 
and Odin is blasting out some kind of a ray beam with his hand, and behind him is the Kirby Crackle Hand of Infinity. We have a caption here. Even almighty Odin has fallen neath the spell of the unknown infinity. And now as the royal court of Asgard watches on the giant Cosme screen, the world seems truly doomed, doomed. And Thor says, See, even him who was my father doth serve the dread infinity. They strike the planets one by one, and none can stand against them, says Baldur. Now Thor must tell what Thor hath learned, the secret of infinity, says Volstagg. So uh, now Thor, I guess, has to spill the beans. Loki will hear no more. If Odin hath fallen to the foe, no words of Thor can save us. Heed him not, beloved prince, as if thou must say what thou dost know. And say it I shall, my lady, says Thor. But first there is a time for thought. Why, my lord, what terror fills thy heart? Thor fears to speak the truth, taunts Loki. He dreads to say the words, fair Sif, says Baldur. How? How shall I tell them, says Thor, is kind of going to wander off and speak out loud. <laughs> How, says a warrior, the final battle hath been lost. Even now before mine eyes the specter of death engulfs the realm, and we see a scenes of the walls of Asgard crumbling, and there's people just kind of hanging out, all getting scared. But the Odin sword slips ever further from its great enchanted scabbard. You can see that it's actually pulled rather far out now. And when at last it comes undone, then all who live shall die. Even now brave Baldur doth hie him to the streets for a grim yet gallant cause. And we see Baldur standing on the street. He's making a, uh, I guess, a rousing speech here. If die we must, then let it be with valor. Whilst Mystic Carnilla, Queen of the Norns, doth conjure her savage spells against the fate that threatens life itself. And this is all happening really quickly because they were just all in the throne room about a second ago. And Carnilla's standing at the edge of this pit and she's doing some kind of fiery spell. Ho, hosts of darkness, hear my call. Thy queen commands thee one and all. Though we bide beyond the pall, if we fail, we too must fall. But she doth conjure them in vain, says Thor. Loki. Ever heinous Loki can find no place of safety, no matter how far he flees, no matter how deep he doth dig. I care not what fate befalls the rest. Loki must not perish. Loki must survive. And Loki's hiding in some sort of a cave, and there's rocks falling around him, so it doesn't look like he's very safe to me. Even as I muse, the hosts of horror now invade the Golden Realm, and we see a two-headed giant and some trolls, and it looks like Annihilus. <laughs> it looks very much like Annihilus, or, or a predecessor of some sort of Beta Ray Bill. And we have, uh, yeah, it's kind of monsters who are attacking Asgard. Giants, trolls, and demons, all by fear and fury goaded. But there be some to strive the stem of deadly tide. And we see the warriors three out there fighting. For Asgard, shouts Fandral, and he's slashing these monsters with his sword. For Odin, says Hogan, who's smashing them with his mace. And even Volstagg's getting into the act, belly bumping the uh, trolls into each other. Forsooth, base churls! But there be some who strive to stem the deadly tide, no matter how hopeless the cause may seem, because they be as guardians. Yet what matter the fight? What matter the valor? Infinity doth gather worlds into his monstrous maw, as a pond doth gather rain. And though we be immortals, we be powerless to say him nay. And we see that uh, 
the, the two Kirby crackle hands of infinity are surrounding planets and they're all burning up and see lots and lots of, of Kirby space. But Asgard shall not die alone. Worlds without number are likewise doomed, such as the planet Earth. And we see a scene uh, with apparently is in Chicago because there's a Walgreens here. <laughs> It actually says Walgreens drugs. Um, <laughs> um, so it could be Chicago. And there's people looting uh, stores. It says, some do hide, some do flee, and some do stay to loot. It matters not, twill be the same. How futile seem their now deserted instruments of war. Silent they lie, cold and unfeeling is the fate that beckons. And we see abandoned cannons and tanks and so forth. And then we see... Uh, this sort of apocalyptic preacher on the street and he's preaching and a bunch of people gathered around listening. And so some wait and so some pray as infinity draws nearer. And wherever man doth tread, reason yields to panic. Oh, that's true. I mean, we're pretty panicky creatures, aren't we? Until at length all stand and wait. All eyes are skyward turned. They wait, although they know not why. They watch, they know not what. And I guess uh, Sif has snuck up behind Thor here. says, my prince, I beg thy pardon, but thou must needs end thy reverie. We still await thy promised tale, the secret of infinity. Aye, fair Sif, tis fitting that the truth be known, says Thor. I prithee listen well. Return with me in memory to a strangely fateful day. And we get the little background uh, memory music here. Flashback time. Twas upon time not long ago, when the all-father Odin slept his royal sleep, in the dread dimension of death. And again, we have Odin in his capsule, and he's out in this weird wilderness here where Loki threw him. Within his gleaming capsule, he dreamed his regal dreams, as all the while a silent shape drew nearer. And we can tell the silent shape is Hela from the shape of the antlers and all of that stuff. The shape of Hela, she who is goddess of death itself. And she's approaching this uh, sort of capsule thing. While Odin, protector of life, doth sleep, I can win final victory in the cause of death. Fate hath provided the means. Hela must not falter, but soft, and as guardian approaches. And it turns out to be Balder. Tis Balder who enters the dimension of death in search of his slumbering liege. But Hela will not be thwarted. Thus Balder must be sacrificed. And remember the story, uh, you know, Balder goes into this world and he kind of withers away, and now we know why. It's because Hela made him do that. My limbs grow frail and weak, says Balder. My flesh now withers as if with age, and life doth leave my body. That even as brave Balder helplessly succumbed to Hela's fatal spell, uh, Hela's over by Odin's capsule, and he, she's making those weird magic motions here. All men possess both body and soul, and so it is with Odin. Thy soul I may not tamper with, but thy body now must die. And she does something with her magic and is pulling out some his soul or something. He's, she, she's pulling something out of this capsule, and I'm not really sure what it is. Odin, being more than man, withstood the overtures of death, and yet so great is Hela's power that she could not fail completely. He doth not die! But hold, what now? And, and so we have this uh, chunk of Odin becoming corporeal in front of her. And it's a sort of Kirby crackly astral version of Odin. A portion of his self is felled. It comes to serve the goddess Hela, and it shall serve me well. Thou shalt be called Infinity, and thy power shall rival Odin's own. 
for in truth thou art his other self. Now let Balder free his lord. The game hath started, and none can leave the field. So Hela and Infinity are hiding away from where the we have Balder saving Odin. Now get thee gone, Infinity. The age-old battle between life and death will soon be o'er, and Hela shall rule at last. I leave thee now, Infinity. Thou art the power, and I the will. From nothingness the world was born, to nothingness it shall return. And she disappears in a, in a misty sort of haze, and we see this weird, curvy, crackly spirit form of Odin uh, out in this massive amount of Kirby space, and he starts to destroy and play with all these planets and stuff. And so the carnage does begin, narrates Thor, and so the end draws near. Hela does what Hela must, whilst we, like pawns, are felled and cast aside. And I get a beautiful half page here of each of Infinity, of course, Odin, and you can see he has Odin's face. And he's grabbing a hold of a sun, and it looks like it's uh, yeah, like burning his Kirby crackly hand. And uh, it's a really nice illustration there by Busema. Now thou hast learned the secret of infinity, says Thor. And we're, we're back now in, in the throne room with, with all of his friends. How can Odin triumph when he doth fight himself? Then say thou, prince, the cause is lost, asks Balder. Long have I known thee, Thunder God, and never hast thou faltered. Who speaks of causes that be lost, shouts Thor. Who thinks that Thor would falter? A man may fight, though hope be dim. A god will fight when hope be gone. The greatest gift of all is life. We shall not lose it lightly. Somewhere out there, the foe is death. And we shall find and fell her. Now stand ye back. Avert your eyes. Tis time for Thor to act. And he's uh, leading the, uh, you know, the warriors three in Balder and Sif towards a big door. And he starts whipping his hammer around, and there's a big, like, a massive tornado going on, and people are being blown around. And <laughs> I mean, literally, the, these all these uh, monsters who are attacking Asgard are being thrown around by the wind. And we've got this sort of weird Ajax white tornado thing going on here. Let there be wind, shouts Thor. Let there be storm. Let there be gale unending, to clear away the mists of night, that we may see what must be seen, that we may know how Odin fares. So blow ye wind and pound ye storm, let nothing serve to stop thee. Clear the foe from Asgard's gates, mighty Mjolnir doth command thee. And they're all getting chased away here. Now stands revealed the king of all, and behind his other self. Infinity doth seek to merge, to take possession of our liege, but he must not, lest all be lost. And you, indeed, you see Infinity kind of lurking behind Odin, and Infinity seems to be bald, whereas Odin is not, so that's kind of interesting. And we see what's going on in other places. We see you know, buildings on Earth being blown around and uh, smashing skyscrapers, and you'd, you'd think that would show up in the Avengers, don't you think? So powerful is the enchanted sweep of Mjolnir, so all-consuming is its thrust, but even on the far distant earth, skyscrapers are shattered like puny playthings. And towering mountain peaks are toppled by the awesome force. And we see um, a mountain peak being toppled by awesome force. And it's in the middle of an ocean, so I guess nobody's going to get hurt. And we ship back to Asgard, where we have Carnilla and Loki. And they're in some cavern somewhere. With each passing heartbeat, Odin doth grow weaker, says Carnilla. And Infinity bids fair to take control. 
He seeks to claim the body of Lord Odin, and if he does, then he will be supreme, and if he does, then surely all will die. Bacarnilla's spell must give him pause. The Norn Queen now shall act. Ho, oh, father, wake! Cast off thy trance, for only thou canst save us. And she casts a uh, like a big fiery hand sort of spell, and it it uh, goes out and it hits Odin and just kind of crackles around him and has no effect. My spell is hurled, but alas, it serves us not. And we see Loki, and he has a big crystal ball, and he's holding it, and he sees a picture of Odin in it. So I guess that's his sort of voyeur scope thing. Carnilla, cease! No matter how great thy power, it cannot prevail against him. But Loki is the son of Odin, and Loki hath no wish to die. So let my enchantment blend with thine, and thou shalt see power as never before. And he takes his helmet off, and he, he's wearing this weird, like, it looks almost like a bathing cap under his helmet, which I guess makes sense. It's sort of a, I don't know, like a cowl, some sort of thing. <laughs> Carnilla's like, since life itself in the balance hangs, Carnilla shall obey. And they each grab one of the big horns on Loki's helmet, and it looks like they're playing tug-of-war with it. Very much like the image on the cover. Thy hand upon my headpiece. Now... To start the mystic rite. My magic linked with thine. Let them join and grow and bring new strength to Odin. Infinity comes closer still and time is running out. And we see, yeah, indeed, Infinity is kind of working behind Odin. It looks like he's trying to take him over. Tighter, tighter, grasp the horns and let our spell be launched, says Loki. And the spell seems to be working. And, and uh, Odin, or as I should say, Infinity is being pushed back. "'Tis done! Infinity doth hurtle back, but thou and I are weak and spent. We did gain but a moment's pause, or he doth descend again. No, no! If we, the greatest sorcerers of all, have failed, then nothing can save us now. Cease thy whimpering, evil one,' says Carnilla. "'If death must come, so be it. The one regret Carnilla feels is that I must die with thee.' And we go back to Odin's throne room, and we see the vizier, and he's, it looks like he's actually sitting in Odin's chair, which seems a little odd. And we can see that the Odin sword is almost completely pulled out of its scabbard, and he's, he's all by himself in there talking to himself. Long before the coals grow cold, Hela shall have won the final victory. Even now the twilight of life descends upon the world. Even now the Odin sword doth tremble in its sheath. Oh, woe, that I would have lived to see this day, when... But hark, the voice of Thor doth summon me, a voice still rich in strength and faith. And uh, a couple seconds later, we have the warriors three, Balder and Sif, arriving in the room. And Sif appears to have changed clothes. She's kind of wearing this all-white get-up now, um, kind of silk gown-looking thing. To my side as guardians, we hear voices, Prythor. I say to thee that hope still lives. My prince doth call, says Sif. Aye, in tones that tell of courage, says Balder. Viziers speak, for here we stand assembled, says Hogan. Thor hath called the strongest, most loyal in the realm. And Heimdall is here as well. Though the Rainbow Bridge hath been destroyed, still will I serve my prince. So that's interesting, the Rainbow Bridge has been destroyed. So say we all, brave Heimdall, says Balder. If Thor hath called, then hope still lives, says Sif. Be silent all, and heed the words he speaks. 
And Thor is there. Stand ye now within my shadow. Fair Carnoa, weave thy spell. Norn Queen, ignite thy mystic fire. <laughs> so <laughs> the physicist is repeating whatever Thor says. <laughs> the Thunder God hath spoken, says Carnoa. Now, now by the flame that borders us, the time hath come to strike. So Carnoa casts a spell, and they're surrounded by this big circle of flame. And Thor's whipping around his hammer and creating lots and lots and lots of wind. Once more shall Mjolnir serve us well in this the final hour. My lord, why dost thou swing thine enchanted hammer so? I bet she says that all the time. Join hands, fair Sif, says Baldur, and close thine eyes. I see at last what Thor doth plan. My mallet shall combine our power and send it streaking Odinward. And they are engulfed in this this like uh, blue glow and they're like their life force or whatever is just being hurled at Odin as hard as it can go. Faster, faster must it strike before the two are joined. We dare not fail this final thrust for time hath now run out. The two are almost merged. And we see that infinity is kind of eclipsing Odin at this point and Odin's just kind of standing there with blank eyes. And then all of a sudden, this blue comet-looking thing just approaches and smashes into Odin and Infinity. And there's this big old rock there, a big green rock that they're standing on, like on the cover. And it has been utterly destroyed, just blows to smithereens. And uh, they knock down Odin, and they separate uh, Odin and and, uh, Infinity somewhat. And Odin wakes up. Odin hath awoke, as from a haunted dream. But what is that mine eyes behold? And uh, we see that uh, Thor and company have, have recovered from their uh, you know, cometness that they, they blast into them. And they're, they're actually back in the throne room within this uh, the circle of fire. There's a sort of pink Kirby crackle kind of crackling around them. The blow is struck, says Thor. Now not but the waiting remains. Are we saved or no? And it appears like they might be because Odin is active now. And he's like, the greatest weapon of all is mine again. There's knowledge. Knowledge! At last I know whom I behold. Whom I'll behold no more. And he blasts out this big, huge blast of magic. And it creates this giant whirlpool. And Infinity is sucked into this giant big whirlpool that Odin has created and we see lots and lots of crackle. We see the, the clawed hands disappearing into the maelstrom. And there's a giant poof of white smoke. And Odin is whole again. And he says, One Odin there was, one Odin there is, and shall be forevermore. And we cut back to the throne room where Thor and company are. And they see a giant comet uh, arriving in Asgard. There, in the sky, hurtling from the world beyond. Now we shall have the answer. Odin or infinity, says Sif. An aura of wisdom, of justice, doth engulf us all, says somebody. I think it's Balder. The day is won. Our liege is returned. And it is indeed Odin. And he stands in front of the ball. And they are on their knees. And they're all shouting sort of at once, Odin, hail! Odin, hail! Rise as guardians, says Odin. Stand ye tall, stand ye proud, and share with me this moment, as I grasp once more yon regal power scepter. Ooh, oh my. 
Now shall I undo that which hath been done. And he has his Odin scepter in hand, and he's fixing all the damage on Earth, and all the buildings and cars, and all that stuff is made whole. And uh, yeah, so everything seems to be all hunky-dory. We see you know, like an island paradise, and people playing in the snow, and we see the back to the um, the observatory where those guys were and everything looks to be normal there and they're not all panicking and we see a, a guy that looks like a lot like albert einstein except with brown hair in every land on every world where carnage hath occurred i wave my power scepter thrice and all shall be restored let flood subside let calm prevail let all be as it was and as man probed the endless skies, let no memory remain of what hath just befallen. And then uh, Odin approaches the Odin sword, and he uh, getting ready to push it back in. How fares the mystic Odin sword? Tis virtually unsheathed, but with a touch I prod it back. Ragnarok shall not fall this day. And he basically just takes one finger and just shoves it right back into the scabbard, and, and it's, uh, it is well and truly sheathed again. And Thor approaches Odin, who is sitting on his throne. Thy realm still stands, thy crown secure, yet thou hast a troubled mane, my lord. I, flesh of my flesh, thy father's heart is heavy, for the danger is not past. The goddess of death hath lost her prey, and her wrath is all-consuming. Since Odin is denied her, she will seek one in my place. She will claim the mighty Thor. And we see everybody's gathered there, and they're looking aghast. And in the process, uh, Sif seems to have put on yellow lipstick, which looks very strange. Thou shalt not miss next issue, says the end blurb. And that is Thor number 188. And of course, we will have a few words to say about it after this promo. My name is Grundy, born on a Monday. The following recording was taken from an NSA wiretap of a back to the men's taping. No names have been changed. Everyone is guilty. Do I need to mine, or am I good where I'm at? Well, now you do. <laughs> if I have to mine, you have to yours. You might want to yours only if you do have it set to automatically because you don't want it to automatically because the thing never works right. Because what will happen is it will be used to you at a particular time, and then if you go out of that it scrambles to uh, a and it doesn't fast enough. So it's better to just set it up. Oh, okay. It, it really doesn't work well. So I checked right. uh, I checked my, uh, mm -hmm. my okay. it definitely built, built me for the hotel for all three of us. Join Back to the Bins every week for goodness. Solomon Grundy hate voiceovers. And we're back, and of course, we have a few words to say about it, as we always do. I'm going to start with the art. Here we have Jim Mooney, who's not a normal inker for John Buscema on the book. And I have to say, I'm not crazy about Mooney's inking on the book. I think in this case in particular, we have some pretty sketchy pencils being done by Buscema. And Mooney, he's good on some artists. He's really good on some artists. But... Not Busema. I don't think it's a good match. I, maybe he'd be better on Sal, but 
but for the most part, it just kind of doesn't do it for me here. Once again, we've got some very Kirby-ish moments here from Buscema, and I'm not really sure if you know that was the uh, editorial edict or not, because with the Inks of Mooney, it really doesn't come across looking very Kirby-ish, except in certain panels and certain characters. Carnilla in particular looks more Kirby-ish than anyone else, and Thor throughout looks just kind of stereotypically Buscema. It doesn't really look anything like... Uh, anything that Jack Kirby would draw. I like the fact that we get this flashback here back to uh, Thor 177, where we have the, the aging of Balder, and he definitely calls back Kirby's original imagery here. It's not in a Kirby-ish style, but the way he draws the, the shriveling of Balder is very reminiscent of what was actually in that issue. So pretty cool uh, you know, that they actually kept that little bit of continuity. I like when they do stuff like that. There are some really good moments in the art. In particular, I like this scene where Infinity is drawn out of Odin, and you have this weird Kirby crackling Odin's spirit self. Now let's ignore for a moment that the the explanation for Infinity makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> it's a stupid idea, but um, I like the way that it's drawn. I like the way that Infinity is portrayed as sort of this the spirit version of Odin. Now I don't get why drawing this out of Odin would make it evil. You would th think that, I mean, it's not like she drew all of the evil out of Odin. I mean, I mean, Odin still has plenty of evil left in him, I'm sure. But it's weird that that would have that effect. So we have this this part of Odin. It's, it's just not well explained. Why would that create this evil infinity monster? Why would also Odin not recognize that as part of himself? It, there's there's a lot of questions that remain to be answered about the story that, that Stan just doesn't address. And so the story, to me, is, is the part of this I really don't care for. And I just don't like the way that they kind of throw everything in the kitchen sink is. We have this another invasion of Asgard, which is really just kind of taken care of in about three panels. From beginning to end, it's just really, really short. And this weird team-up between Carnilla and Loki which is one of the few things that does make sense. But I don't know why they're doing this weird tug-of-war thing with Loki's helmet. Is Loki's helmet particularly magical? I don't think that's anything that's ever been established before. I really don't get that. But by and large, I think, you know, it's, it's an average issue. It's not as good as some of the ones we've had. Again, I think that at the end here of Stan's run, he doesn't really have his heart that much into it anymore. And I'm just kind of counting the days until we get somebody else taking over the book. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that person's Jerry Conway, but I, I'm not absolutely sure right now. And with that, it's about time to wrap up the show. Once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And of course, if you want to email the show, you can do so. You can uh, email us at RadioFreeAsgard at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Look for Radio Free Asgard there and you'll find us. And follow us on Twitter. We have a few new Twitter followers and uh, just wanted to do a quick shout out to all of you. I'm not going to call you out by individuals because there's a lot of you. But uh, yeah, well, thanks for for. Uh, following us i really appreciate that and you know feel free to uh 
you know, to chime in whenever there's conversation going on. And of course, not a lot of Twitter conversation. Like I said, I'm not real good at the Twitter, but I do read other people's Twitters and, and I am following everybody who's followed me and I, I'm kind of paying attention to what everyone else posts. Anyhow, it's back over the Rainbow Bridge, whatever's left of it, back to Midgard and not the world beyond. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the invincible sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.